You know, the Falcons played some great defense against the Vikings on Sunday, so it's only fitting that we get one of the best defenders to ever suit up in a Falcons uniform today. Jesse Tuggle, forever number 58 in the hearts of Falcons fans everywhere. Welcome back to Bird Noises. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. I appreciate you having me back. Yeah, it's good to see you, man. Uh, you know, the last time you were on, I told you this, and I mean it. Not only did you have the best nickname ever for a linebacker, <laughs> but you earned it, man. You were you were the hammer. You earned it. And uh, hey, man, you know what? I do appreciate that because when I was out there on the practice field or in the games or anytime I wanted to compete, I wanted to be the most physical player on the football field, and that that helped me a ton and motivated me to um, to earn that nickname, the hammer. Well, you earned it. You're in the ring of honor. You should be in the Hall of Fame. We'll get to that down the road, and I'm going to start leading that campaign here soon. We need, we need oh, to get you. Right. We need to get you and Tommy Nobis into the Hall. No doubt about it. Oh man, boy, that really chapped me when he didn't get in. But uh, oh, me too, man. I'll, I'll be honest with you. You know, it's, it's a personal accomplishment, but I would rather see Tommy go in before I go in. Because that's the type of person he really was for the Atlanta Falcons and the player. He was unbelievable. And my whole career, he didn't say nothing but positive things about my about my play. So um, with that being said, and he and right now he's well missed. Yeah, got to get Mr. Falcon in, right? Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> well, listen, you know where I'm going to go with this before we get started. Does the hammer still love the name Bird Noises, or have you kind of soured on it, or, or what? Oh, I love it, man. Uh, I, you know what, it most, I think that nickname might be better than my nickname. Hey, the oh. bird knows it. You got to hear. People want to hear what's going on inside the nest, man. You got to hear right. the noise. So oh. I think you're doing the fans uh, great justice. And this is by getting coaches and players on here, you know, just to talk about it. And um, it's going to get any better than that. I think you just gave us a slogan and a T-shirt. People want to <laughs> know what's going on inside the nest. I love there it. There you go. <laughs> Oh man, we had Goody Mob on here and CeeLo Green wanted to call it bird <laughs> but that's another story for another time. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> so listen, you look great. Uh, hey, how the heck are you? I've been great, man. You know, things have been going good. You know, it's been a tough 2020 for everybody. Yeah. But you make the best of it. You know, physically, I feel pretty good. You know, I still have all the bumps and bruises. Got over a serious knee injury as far as knee replacement about two years ago. So oh, I don't wow. run anymore but I'm able to swim a little bit just to keep my swim. conditioning. So that helps a ton. Swimming is good. Swimming, you work everything and it's easy on the joints. Uh, For sure. <laughs> are, we, are we indoor swimming or outdoor swimming? Outdoor swimming. So it's getting close to the end of my playing in the pool. <laughs> Fall is almost here. So I think yeah. this will be my last week. We're in the seventies. So I think this will be my last week, man. So I got to get it in. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say those pool that pool can't be too steamy at this point with the with the weather we've been having. But uh, that's Absolutely. awesome. You look like you're in great shape, though. Hey, thank you. So COVID though, everybody's good. Health, everybody's healthy. Family and yeah, I know we you know, all help people. You know, that's yeah, go ahead. Absolutely. Go ahead. You know, I grew up right here. You know, in the state, and uh, obviously we know all the outbreaks that are happening here, here in the state of Georgia. But unfortunately, I have a cousin who. Well, recently passed, man, um, that had COVID. So it, it's it's a serious deal. And um, so, you know, as a as a person and when I go out, you know, I'm following all the measures, or, you know, keeping all my distances, wearing my mask, just doing all the protocol stuff because we just can't, although we aggravated a little bit, you know, trying to get back to normal. And I want to be there. You want to be there. Everyone does. 
it's just that at this point, we just got to continue to do the right thing until we can come up with a vaccine and get this, and get this little virus behind us. Because right I'm, now, it's no, it's no fun for nobody. I'm so glad you said that. Um, I think it's so important that people hear that from people like you. Um, I too, I lost my dad and May up in New Jersey from COVID. Wow. So I am just, I'm sorry about your loss, but I'm, I'm yeah. re- really, I'm really glad that, to hear you say that because I think we need more people to hear those stories, but also just to be reminded hey, this is serious. Hey, thanks, man. I'm sorry about your loss as well. Appreciate that, brother. Um, you know, speaking of that, and then before we get talking about the field and what's going on with football and the state mm-hmm. of the NFL. Uh, You talk about that and, you know, players like Dak Prescott and Aaron Rodgers and Hayden Hurst with the Falcons now talk, you know, it's important in in for players like you, former players like you to come out and talk about some of these adversities. Life is challenging right now for so many of us, as you pointed out. And those guys talk about it's important to talk. It's important to talk about mental health and stuff like that. Do you find being a former you know, Falcons legend, when you're at the store, where you're out talking to your neighbor, or whatever it may be, you know, people look up to you. Do you find, do you feel like that's really important that you talk about that and have that conversation and just, you know, how does that make you feel? You know what, I think you, we, I do it because um, when people hear from me and they just, and they can see I was a former player or a local celebrity here and, and they see I'm dealing with the same thing they're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, from social injustice to everything that uh, happened mm-hmm. in this in this crazy year of 2020. But it's good to have a conversation with my neighbors, uh, with fellow teammates. I mean, uh, I go out and play golf with a lot of different people, and we get to chat about you know what's going on in America right now, and to hear that point of view, then hear my point of view, and you get this dialogue, and then you get to understand each other better and see why we feel the way we feel. So it's nothing negative comes out of it. I think a lot of positive come out of it when you get to share your opinions and your thoughts and how it's, how it's affecting not only me personally, how it's affecting the community. And um, and I think it, it makes a ton of difference more so than sit back and being totally critical with one point of view. You let them, we I listen to their point of view and they hear my point of view. And that way we everyone's on the same page. And I think as a community, you grow, you grow like that. So um, sure. So that's pretty cool to um, you know sit out there and um, and let people know that not only affecting you, it's affecting me, it's affecting everybody. That's an awesome message, and it is. It's important to listen. It's important to have those sometimes uncomfortable conversations. Absolutely. And uh, that's the only way we're going to progress. And I'm that's that's, that's sure. awesome. I'm glad you brought that up too. Wow, good stuff. Well, listen. <laughs> um, Let's switch to the field a little bit here, okay. talk a little football. And I asked Harry Douglas, former wide receiver, was on last week. And okay. he, gave me, he had an interesting take being a receiver. And I really want to ask you this, being a mm-hmm. former linebacker and playing defense. What mm-hmm. do you make of the NFL right now in all these high-scoring games? It, it's been – okay, when season first started, you know, with COVID and everything else, there was no preseason. Yeah, and obviously uh, a lot of the winter workouts got cut, but yeah. it seemed like the offense was ahead uh, of the defense uh, because you know they were able to do like seven on seven passing and stuff like that. But as a defensive player, it's hard to simulate live tackling. Mm-hmm. It's hard to simulate everyone running to the football. You know, everybody's taking care of their responsibilities, and so you, I think they're behind a little bit when the season first started. Week one, week two, week three, week four. 
And and now it started to catch up because right now it's it's been offensively it has been so many points scored, so many TDs scored, and even looking at the Falcons, I think the defense have not been clicking at all. And then all of a sudden, you see this week, it things just turn around. It's like mm-hmm. the light bulb just came on. And um, so I'm thinking now the Falcons as a defensive unit, I feel they're gonna continue to play better because now they're getting the confidence back. They're feeling more like in game shape, you know, your four mm-hmm. preseason games, the four games of the season, although you hate to go 0-4 and 0-5, and and but yeah. now I think that's behind them now, and I think they'll play much better football. Interesting. So to stay on that topic real quick, do you? I want to ask you, too, about the empty stadiums or 20, 20% capacity uh, stadiums. As, as a former player, did you ever play in an empty stadium? Even going back to your high school days, and and right. how much does that, how much, how much does that affect you as a player? You know, is there really a home field advantage anymore at this point? It, you know, as a player, you love the fan base. I mean, you love to play at home. You love to hear the cheers. You love to hear just like what, coming to the stadium and seeing the tailgates and you seeing the jerseys and you smelling barbecue in the air. Mm-hmm. You know, as a player. I want the fans to know that we appreciate all that because that we know it's game day. You know, it's not, not a practice game day. So I can imagine now with the current players, I almost feel like you're going to a rehearsal or a practice more so than being fired up for the game until mm-hmm. the game starts. Now, when the game starts, you sort of like, you don't even realize the fans are in the stadium now because you got a job to do and the emotion burning, you're tired, everything just, just burning on the inside. You're trying to make plays. And that part of it handled itself, you know, but just by being a professional. But, you know, playing in an empty stadium is tough. Yeah. Um, and particularly, um, um, you know, when you go from city to city and then when you come home, it's hard to tell whether you have a home field advantage or not. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, being a linebacker, do you think mm-hmm. quarterbacks, especially on those third down situations or if it's fourth yeah. and short, do they have an advantage, you know, when they yeah. come to the line of scrimmage or does it like, Hey, if you're paying attention as a, as a defender, you know, it's, 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 you know, equal footing or, or do, what's your take on it? I think voice control is big in the NFL and, and when the crowd's not there and their voice echoes throughout the whole stadium. And when they hit their high nose and high cadence and defensively, you already triggered to fire up when you see the ball move. And yeah. there's something about, you feel like somebody, you're trying to hold back, but someone pushing you in the back. You know what I mean? You're trying to get that motor started. And um, so I think it's a disadvantage to the defensive players and more of an advantage to the quarterback, uh, offensive players. And um, so with that standpoint, yes. And then, you know, then you get used to it. And I, I think after the first couple of weeks, teams at that point should adapt it to it and should be no advantage. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they obviously they know the snap count and the cadence and everything like that. But if you're reading your keys and you're watching the ball, like you mm-hmm. said, at some mm-hmm. point you got to drill that into your head, right? So. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> well, the other trend I want to ask you about and get your take on too is just you know you mentioned you know no preseason games and in 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 starting slow. What do you make of all the injuries? I mean, you watched that game last night with yeah. the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Yeah. The the Cowboys basically their entire offensive line when Zach Martin went out was mm-hmm. was was a completely different offensive line than they had four or five totally. weeks ago. I mean, that, that and I'm sorry, Matt, but you're absolutely yeah. correct. I think without the training, without the preseason, it's something about the, the human body has to 
build itself up to conditioning. It almost like you can train as hard as you want to <clears throat> for four or five months without hitting anybody, without changing direction, without getting pushed or pulled or thrown one way or another. Your mm-hmm. body can't just automatically jump into it from a dead stop to dead going full speed. And I think that's what happened this year. And when I think all the injuries in like week one, week two, week three, and even now, um, the, there's something about football. Football is the most physical sport you can play. And it's and hitting people is not natural. <laughs> and our body was, was, really wasn't made for that. And our body has to learn how to protect ourselves and put ourselves in a great position. And you do it so much that you can become, in a, you get on a routine how to protect yourself. But it ain't mm-hmm. something that's come naturally that will carry over from year to year to year to all the years you don't play since high school and college. No, it, you have to train on that every year because that's how the brain works. If that was the case, why would you ever go to practice? If you're a professional, you should be able to play all the time. But yeah. it doesn't work that way. You have to be in football shape. And, you know, I don't, that's not the, that may be not the reason that all the injuries are happening, but I probably have something to do with it for sure. Yeah, I, I wanted to get your take on that because, you know, there's there's an argument out there that, hey, based on what's happened this year, pre, hey, all that talk about getting rid of the preseason, right? that's, that's dead, right? <laughs> But I, I would think so. I, I would think you can't get rid of preseason totally. You know, maybe say play two preseason games. Um, you know, where you can narrow it down instead of playing four. But but I think fans and players and everyone, the coaches, I think they see how important it really is to have a preseason. Yeah, and and even those inter squad, inter team squad, uh, you know, scrimmages when you have two it's totally teams different. At it. Yeah, it's totally different. I, I think so too. You can scrimmage within yourself, but yeah. it's different when you go in against an opponent and you try to simulate the game day atmosphere. Yeah, uh, and sometimes you get more motivated to hit someone different than hitting your teammates all the time. Yeah, and then you know, then there's that. I, I don't know who it was that told me that said that you know starters only play about twelve percent or yeah. or something something small when it comes to the preseason anyway but it's still something right i mean it's, it's still something and and that's why i would think the two preseason game will be ideal because i would love for a starter to come in and play in that first preseason maybe a quarter that last preseason game play a half and yeah. then that's it and you get them so, out and now they're more tuned up and that, and i know owners and coaches are worried about injuries but but you got to put yourself in the fire a little bit uh, then get your body ready. Then week one, you know, you can turn on and be full speed. Yeah. The other, the other thing we didn't, you know, I didn't want to go too far into this, but you know, you know, as a guy like you though, coming up, you know, when you came up from, you know, tiny school and you needed that oh, yeah. preseason, right. And you oh, needed that. No doubt. Yep. And you needed that. We talked about this last time you were on, you needed to have those reps and to prove yourself. I need the reps. Hey, Matt, that, that's no joke, no lie about that. If I would have came in from Brasso State University in 2020, I probably would not make the football team because I wouldn't have had the opportunity to show coaches and that I can actually play and how physical I was. I was I was playing in not only at practice but in games, and it would have been so difficult. So if it, if it hurt anybody, it's hurt the, the low-round draft guys, the free agents, and it limit opportunity for guys to come in and, you know, try to make a football team. If they don't make the Atlanta Falcons football team, they they will be seen on tape and have opportunity exactly. to make someone else team. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest drawback, you know, for guys who uh, who not uh, drafted high and, and just trying to make a name for themselves. I, you know what? Can you imagine – anybody listening to this, can you imagine the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons without number 58 ever having played <laughs> – 
Can you imagine the Falcons hey, without the hammer? That's yeah, why we need preseason, that, man. man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I like you gotta that. have preseason. <laughs> awesome, awesome. I would have done anything for a preseason game this year. I gotta tell you. So Oh, no doubt about it. You know, but one the biggest thing I think I mean I do take my, my hat off to the NFL just getting this season started. Oh, um it was, it was something that no one could have anticipated, you know, from the owners to the coaches, the players for sure. And it's tough. And right now we still in the you know, we still still gotta fight through the season because there's new cases, you know, each and every day, each and every week. And um, luckily, there's not have been having me in one who's been really, it's, really sick. And we're just very fortunate about that. Yeah, we are really fortunate there. Um, it's crazy when you think about there are teams that have played after traveling the same day. It's crazy mm-hmm. when you think about two Monday night games. It's crazy to think about a Tuesday night game. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, but they're, they're doing it and they're making it work. And mm-hmm. yeah, kudos. And hopefully this thing does not get worse. I totally agree with that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more defense. Um, you know, the Falcons, you, you referenced it and they finally got clicking on Sunday. And, you know, they, for whatever reasons, for the, through the first four or five games, they weren't three first half turnovers um, on Kirk Cousins, got everything going. It was a long, tough, uh, emotional week because of last yeah. Sunday they got rid of their – they parted ways with uh, Dan Quinn, head coach, and Thomas Dimitrov. Right. Uh, you know, two well-respected, and, uh, and, you know, their coach was beloved by everybody in the organization. You played yeah, – you right. played under Dan Reeves, June Jones, Jerry Glanfield. I'm looking at my list. I'm cheating. Jerry Glanfield, oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim Hannafin, and Marion Campbell. But in 1989, the Falcons yeah. made a midseason switch from Jim right. Hannafin to Marion Campbell after the yep. after starting 0 and 4. Absolutely. Um, so and you've been right. through this. You've been through this. Absolutely. And what? So let me ask you. At, you know, uh, you can just speak from your uh, your experiences, but when you lose your leader, so to speak, your your head right. coach, uh, the guy you go to battle for every Sunday, that's you know that's giving you those talks and everything like that, and, right. and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. You got a new one. Yep. Uh, how do you channel those emotions? How do what, what's going through your head it's, as a player? But it's tough because you know this game is an emotional game. It's a physical game, and you put so much time and effort into it. And your head coach is really your leader, and and you look you look up to him. Not only you try to play hard for yourself and you, and play hard for the team, but you also want to play hard for him. You know, unfortunately, you're right. I played for five different head coaches, and I had this talk with Jared um, a few weeks ago. And, you know, well, last week when Dan Quinn was let go, I said, "Look, I know you're down and out. Everyone loved Dan Quinn." But as a professional, though, you got to go out there and continue to play hard. It's happened to me one time before and right in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. But you have to stay focused and go out there and continue to play hard. Because if you don't do it, you're going to have your other teammates looking at you. And, they, and you got to be, you got to set an example and continue to fight because you've been playing great all year long. And your, your play level, you need to bring up your teammates' play level. And it, it'll come up. You can't get down in a dump. Only best way to go now is up. So we had a long talk about, you know, playing for a different coach during the middle of the season. And um, hmm. and I think the way the players reacted and responded, you know, with Coach Morris um, this past week was awesome. Because I'm quite sure, you know, they wanted to go out there and give their personal best. 
and they wanted to get a W. When you get that first win, I don't care. I, I guarantee that locker room, they felt like it was a sense of exhaling a little bit, like, wow. Man, it just feels good to have one win, just one. You know, you're one in five, but on the inside of your body feels great because you've been yeah. fighting for six weeks just to get that one win. And now you're under a different head coach in a different scenario. So right now, I think guys are going to play just as hard for Coach Morris as they did for, for Dan Quinn. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, interesting. That's that's a great take. And I agree with everything you said, too. And, in you know, in talking to Harry Douglas last week, he, he said, and, and I want to get your take on this, is mm-hmm. he said, you know, when there's a change like that, you know, some players feel like that they're auditioning. They're auditioning for the new coach, the the future, possibly a future coach, unless they keep winning games under Raheem right. Morris, who I, you know, we all hope he he goes eleven and zero. Uh, and mm-hmm. but you you know, the microscope is on. Is 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 Harry oh, yeah, Douglas put sure. it? Your take. Every every player has been evaluated, just like every assistant coach from this point on. But this season, they've been evaluated. Because at the end of the year, you don't know what's going to happen, what coach is going to come in. Um, and and you know, and even if you're a starter or a backup guy, you want to play as hard as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because that's how it is. When, when new guys come in, they're going to evaluate you. And, they, and they're going to say, well, do we like this guy? We don't care if he's a starter or not. We want to keep him. Do we want to trade him? Uh, can, he make, can we go forward? Can we win? And that's why everybody, you know, from the quarterback down, everybody needs to continue to play hard. And you sort of feel like you're under a microscope because really you are. You know, one thing about this league, the NFL stands for not for long. Nothing stays the same for long, and your career is not that long. So you guys are taking advantage of the situation. And I think this gives the players, and particularly younger players, the opportunity to say, hey, I better do something pretty good, and I better play pretty hard because I know I'm being evaluated just like us, just like the veterans. So um, overall, is there something good come from something bad? Yes, I think it does. Uh, you know, we all love Dan, uh, Dan Quinn, great guy. And now, but even with that, him being gone right now, I think the team is still, they still got to play just as hard. And I'm, and I'm quite sure they will continue to do that. Yeah, Raheem Morris is a great communicator, a great motivator, and uh, uh, just a great guy, much like Dan Quinn. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. you, all you can do is is, is hope that the, you know, they're pros. And so they're going to fight and they're going to, you know, every game's a, like you said, is, is like a, is a resume is a, is a living, breathing resume for these guys. So absolutely, that's yeah. Um, well, one thing I definitely want to point out was it was mm-hmm. the last time that you were on you, we, the, the team was one in seven and you talked yeah. about how in uh, 1997 mm-hmm. the Falcons were also one in seven Absolutely. And you talked about what happened at that point and how the team went six and two down the stretch. Yep. And they, the next year you guys went 14 and two to a Super Bowl. Absolutely. This team last year also went six and two uh, <laughs> down the stretch. It was crazy. Uh, and it was, you know, I don't know what happened in that locker room. Dan Quinn makes some, made some great decisions and, they shifted mm-hmm. some things, but you talked about what happened with you in that mm-hmm. team. And, uh, you know, obviously they're not going to go 14 and two this year, but they're still, they're one and zero under Raheem Morris, They've right. got 10 games to go, Absolutely. a lot of football, but 
Talk about that moment again, because it was just a great, great moment in franchise history, but also for you. And then just, yes, if you can, absolutely. just kind of, and then just talk about the mindset of the player right now, as far as looking at the final, final 10 games. Man, 1997, you're right. We started season off one and seven. You know, we got on a big road toward the second half of the season and finished really strong. We took that momentum right into 1998. And in 1998, you know, we started 2-0, we lose one, then all of a sudden, man, we just take off. And winning is like losing. It's, it's snowballs. If you, once you start winning games, it just continues to snowball. And no one would have expected us to go 14-2 in 1998 and all the way to the NFC Championship, winning that, and then the Super Bowl 33. It was like a magical ride for all of us, um, particularly for me after being on the team for 12 years at that, mm-hmm. at that particular time. So there, there's always hope. And then that same story, like you mentioned in there, what happened to the Falcons uh, last year, how they started, they're finishing strong, you know, winning six out of the last eight. Start the season here, and now you win. You go 0-5, and, and now you find yourself at 1-5. I think they, they can build from this point. It, it's a part of history. You can see it happen before. Let's snowball right now from this point. And our goal, our goal is to win 80% of the game. Let's win. We would love to win them all. But somehow you can just come, you know, finish this season off super strong. Uh, whether you get to the playoffs or not, uh, don't worry about it because you have to build from that point. And that's how you build it. Because every year is a big difference. It's a year change so fast and so quick. We don't know what to expect in 2021. 20, 20, so, so there's a lot to gain. And, but there's more to lose if you fall in the trap of not believing that you can win. Mm-hmm. And I think when people say, well, what do you mean by that? I say, well, to me, I think when you go out and when you approach a game on game day, you know one team's going to lose and the other one's going to win. But the biggest difference in winning when you have a lead and don't have a lead, you get to the fourth quarter, are you trying to win or are you trying not to lose? Mm. And there's a big difference when you, when you think about it. If you're playing to win, you put it on the line at all costs, no matter what happens, no bad thoughts, go win the football game. Mm-hmm. If you got a lead and now you're trying not to lose, you yeah. get a little soft, a little scared, and in the back of your mind, something crazy is going to happen, we're going to lose this football game. The mentality is, is, um, is everything. And sometimes it's not tangible. You can't see that, but you can feel it on the inside. And I mm-hmm. think that little mindset will take you a long way where – Play to win, no matter at all costs. Play to win, and then um, and, and then hopefully they can turn the season around. It's awesome. I, you know, when I said a year ago, man, I want to run through a wall after I got done talking to you. And I feel like <laughs> um, but uh, do you? Let me ask you this, and then I and then I, I know you got obligations, and I again, I really really appreciate you coming on, carving out no time. No problem at on. all. Mm-hmm. Uh, people got to find out what's going on in the nest, and uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That's how you. As, it's a great know, slogan. Um, <laughs> do you, t- let me, as a player, you hear this and said a lot, but are you just trying to go one and oh every week? Do you just forget about the one and five and forget about that you got 10 games? Do you just say all we mm-hmm. care about is just going one and oh this week? Is that and, really and a the, real thing? You know, that's a good point. And, um, you know, as a player, even a coach, that they'll talk about the same thing when they're addressing the players that hey, the most important thing for this week is this week. Uh, the most important thing for the Falcons is this coming game next week. And I think uh, if you stay focused like that, you know, it makes things a little simpler because really you can't worry about what's going to happen down the line. You just got to take care of what's going on this week. What happened in the last, the first six weeks of the season right now, you just got to learn from that. That's something you can learn from. Learn from it and look at the errors you made and just look how you played. And if I was a Falcon player right now, I would just look at my game tape, what this just happened, you know, against Minnesota. 
and compare myself to what I've been doing the first couple of weeks of the season. Mm. It looked totally different. I'm looking at the linebackers, and uh, I watched the defense because I watched Jared a lot. I'm looking at the linebackers, and um, and Boye, and I think Dion, I think they might have played their best game. I mean, yeah, they not only did they get the interceptions, but the way they attacked the line of scrimmage, the way mm. they ran to the football. I'm like, where's that been? I haven't seen that. And and that excitement, like how their body is language was looking on the foot football field for sure i'm scared they're gonna make a mistake but more more intensely i'm about to go make a play yeah and and that's mm-hmm. the kind of stuff i look at as a former player i'm watching different individuals <clears throat> and i think you know you got guys like um um uh, neil neil coming up and he oh yeah he's bringing some hits i mean he is hitting the line of scrimmage like a linebacker and then keenan i tell you what man you had a lot of hammer hits out there and, and that was so cool to watch the <laughs> watch the defense play aggressive. I mean, that's what it's all about. And um, yeah. well, you know, I, I got excited just by watching little things like that. So, so yes, that's their hope for this Atlanta Falcon team. All the fans out there, I'm telling you, this, this defense can play. Now they're getting more relaxed. They threw the preseason, okay? <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, it's a tough start. And, uh, and uh, you know, right now, one in five, you just got to continue to work hard and, and, and believe that you can go out there and make something happen. There were definitely some hammer hits uh, up in Minneapolis uh, Sunday. That is for sure. Um, and uh, this was great having some hammer time with you. And no so <laughs> I appreciate you coming on. Hopefully we can get you on again. And uh, mm-hmm. I know you got to go uh, close that pool up and, and, and Absolutely. Or swim in first. But uh, and it's beautiful out. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, Jesse, great to see you, man. Hey, man, I do appreciate you, man. And um, thanks for having me on Bird Nose. I appreciate it. All right. We'll have to get the, those T-shirts made and get you, uh, get you a bunch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, always stay informed of what's going on in the nest. That's All right. right. <laughs> I love it. Hey, take care. All right, man. You too.